The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Dynamic Healing with two experts in chronic pain, David Hanscom and Les Aria. This podcast will show you how to unlock your body's ability to heal. Just breathe and learn how to rewire your brain and break free from chronic pain. Welcome to Dynamic Healing Podcast. I'm Les Aria. And I am David Hanscom. So this morning, we're going to continue on the topic of anger. And we're we're going to be doing several episodes going forward on the topic, because with both Les and myself, we see this over and over and over again. The tipping point of true healing is dealing with anger, which is not so easy to do because it's so powerful. So the title of today's episode is called No Action in a Reaction or Diffusing Anger. And the purpose of today is that similar to anxiety, anger is an even more heightened physiological state. You cannot think clearly and it is critical to regulate your body's fight state and get back quote online unquote before you take any action. Fantastic. So how's about we start with a quote? So see if you can guess this, David, or anyone else. Ready? Anybody can become angry. That's easy. But to be angry with the right person and to the right degree at the right time and for the right purpose and the right way, that is not within everybody's power and it's not easy. Aristotle. So I could guess it because I'm reading it. <laughs> <laughs> so Les, can you read that again? Because it's a complicated statement, but it is so critical to what, what we're talking about this morning. Because what did what Aristotle did not have is modern neuroscience. So everything that sentence says is actually documented with modern neuroscience research. It's amazing. That's correct, David. And let's hear it again slowly because it's a, it's a mouthful. But if you follow the rhythm of it, it's really powerful. It speaks volumes. So here we go. Here's the quote again. Anybody can become angry. That is not, sorry, let me repeat that again. Anybody can become angry. That is easy. But to be angry with the right person to the right degree at the right time for the right purpose in the right way, that is not within everybody's power. It is not easy. I bet that was written by Aristotle. Um, that's pretty correct. Yeah, amazing, David. It's, it, it's really a powerful quote. Um, anybody can become angry. Everyone has feelings. We can even replace that, right? 
And the brain recognizes that. And that's easy. But I love what he says. It's, it's to be able to, it's, it's, it sounds like the quote saying is, we have the right to be angry. However, it needs to be proportionate to the situation, not disproportionate. And often it is disproportionate. And we'll get into it a little bit today about maybe why so and, um, you know, the, the dangers of it and even the benefits of it. David? Well, let me take it back to another famous person's quote, David Hanscom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, right. I just had to be famous in my own mind. That's all that really counts. Right? I don't really care what anybody else thinks. But anyway, here we go. But this is a mantra that I use all the time because I am is I get to be as angry as anybody. I came from a difficult background. I was raised in a very, very reactive environment. And we're going to talk about this on the next episode about what it's like to be raised in an abusive background. You're hyper reactive. So what I've learned, this is my mantra, by the way, I use this every day. Unfortunately, I wish I could be past anger indefinitely. Mm -hmm. You'll find out today that that is not possible, but basically no action in a reaction. We're gonna explain why that's so critical because let me jump back to the link between anxiety and anger. So anxiety is a powerful reaction. It's automatic. You cannot control it. It's a survival reaction that every living creature has. If something threatens your life, whether you're a bacteria or a cat or a dog or a chimpanzee or a human, we all have the same reaction. So anxiety is a physiological state. So it's intended to be so unpleasant. Remember, anxiety is just a word that humans use to describe this physiological state that's a heightened state. You feel threatened. You don't feel good. It's intended to be so unpleasant that it forces you to take action. The species of creatures over millions, billions of years that did not have an intense intense enough signal and ignored it just didn't survive. Mm -hmm. So anxiety is intended to be unpleasant. It's a gift. It's how we evolved. It's how we we are alive. And we'll talk about this more, but we develop a working relationship with it because without it, you wouldn't survive. So the antidote to anxiety is control. Something threatens you. You take action to solve the threat or avoid the threat and move on. If you're trapped, your body kicks kicks in more chemistry and you become angry. So they're both heightened physiological states. Psychology comes into it, but it's not a primarily psychological issue. It's a physiological state. When I say say physiology, it's the total body's response to a threat. Your blood pressure, your heart rate, your body chemistry, your inflammatory response all gets fired up. So there's a genealogy of anger that you have a circumstance whether it's real or perceived, it doesn't matter, that you blame, then you're a victim, and then you are angry. So circumstance, blame, victim, anger. So something threatens you, and you react, you blame a situation for making you upset, and then you become a victim of that, and then you become angry. But going back to your quote, for instance, let's take chronic pain, you are a victim. And you're trapped, you're trapped by a very unpleasant sensation. Dr. Sarno called it rage. So why won't you be angry? The problem is when you're angry, this is what I'm going to ask Dr. Ari to explain in some detail, your brain goes offline. You can't think clearly enough to solve the problem that caused the anger in the first place. It's a horribly vicious cycle. So Les, what happens to our brains when we are angry? 
Yeah, no, that's, 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 you're absolutely right about that is with the brain part, it's so powerful. And very often, many of my patients, including myself, David, we've talked about this offline, that it feels like we're in control. However, when you start to lose your stuff and start to kind of rev up, and as Sarno said, John Sarno, moves up from anger to rage and somewhere in between there from anger to rage, there's a part of us where we sort of check out. That checking out actually occurs very specifically in the most primitive parts of our brain. For example, the brain stem and the limbic system or the emotional brain. Just if you touch the back of your neck and then if you touch where your ear um, is located, in that area, those that within that vicinity area, just to be tangible, if you touch the back of your neck, uh, like the, the trunk of it, um, and also if you touch the ears, in those two areas inside the brain, that would be the brainstem and also the emotional brain, also called as the limbic system. Now, when David talks about something becoming offline, what he really means is this, is we do go offline. I want you to think of this as a Wi-Fi, you know, the one at home when you're internet. And when your Wi-Fi goes off, isn't that frustrating? I mean, it just kind of makes you spin. And so in the brain, we just think of the Wi-Fi as the front part of the brain, the brain that helps us become wise, the part of us that we think and we have interpretation. So think about this. There is no interpretation, but just reaction. And when it, those systems are most primitive, the brainstem and the emotional brain, also known again as the limbic system. When these two areas are what we call innervated, stimulated, activated, what happens is it's identical to your Wi-Fi going offline. So that means no thinking is involved. You will, I'm gonna slow down here so you can actually hear this. You become so angry that it becomes disproportionate. And here's, that's the, that's the first point. The second point is we become flooded with past memories and sensations. We are creatures that we tend to remember things not so much like an elephant, but it's embodied in our senses. And so when you get upset about something, or as I like to say with my buddies, when I'm activated, what happens is I'm not only angry about this particular issue, but the brain pulls a file cabinet of all the times that are similar to this and dumps it in the middle of your brain. Think of old fashioned folders that's being dumped in the living room and you are flooded. And that's when it really becomes hectic and inflammation and other muscle tension, nerve sensitivities, it all goes up. David? Well, it's per particularly perverse in humans. Cause I mean, think about, I just think about my cat. I mean, think about a cat. She gets, she has behavioral patterns. Your dog does the same thing and they're not thinking what to do. They just do what they have to do to survive. Humans do the same thing. Right. But we have consciousness and the difference between humans and other mammals is that most mammals use about two to four percent of their brains to sort of think. I'm sorry, let me take that differently. Most animals have about two to four percent of their metabolic energy used to run their brain. Humans mm. have 25 percent. So that's called the neocortex, which is very new in evolution, maybe a hundred thousand years old compared to millions and millions of years. So it's a new concept of consciousness and language, but we were at the bottom of the food chain for millions of years because we had so much of our brain used to just run the brain. 
So when we develop language and can cooperate, that's why we went to the top of the food chain. So the thinking center of your brain is huge. We have a huge brain compared to other mammals. So when your brain goes offline, it's a huge shift. So you're going from these neocortex or thinking centers to this midbrain that you just talked about, and you really aren't thinking clearly, you're back where my cat is. And all sorts of things start to happen. So you're reacting. So anytime you're anxious or angry, you're in the past because something in the present reminded you of something in the past that was threatening. So anger and awareness cannot exist in the same room, whereas awareness is actually at the core of human relationships. So anger and awareness cannot exist in the same room at the same time. Mm. So that's why you have to get your brain back online before you can actually should do anything. Again, that quote you just said was really impressive. So you had a couple examples of what happens when you're angry. Yeah, I mean, a couple, in fact, um, of several, several stories we both have, David. And so just kind of hang our hat on this. Um, many of my patients, especially uh, the past few weeks, have been telling me about how they've not been able to get better. So you know, part of my sessions when I sit with them is to figure out is what are the barriers, both physiological, psychological. And, um, and one of the things I found out with many of my patients is this, they're in, this is not for everyone, but this is just an example. When we find out what the barriers are, for example, I had a lady who was in domestic violence, uh, meaning that, uh, and, and I wanted to um, emphasize this with the domestic violence. Domestic violence is not just physical abuse. It can also be psychological abuse and emotional abuse, controlling someone, calling name, calling someone, you know, bullying someone at home. That um, is also domestic violence. And most people don't seem to realize that. So just got a little whiff of that is it's really important to understand that domestic violence is a serious issue and uh, make sure you do get help with different communities such as the weave. Now, coming back to this example, um, my patient was not able to get, I couldn't figure out until she told me that there's a lot of emotional abuse. Now, she just was getting better and then lots of the violence happened where from emotional abuse went to physical abuse. This is the state when we actually are not able to heal. Now, when we worked through the session and she was able to express how she was violated and it was an amazing thing, it took some time and process to be able to feel safe to express your anger. When she started to express her anger safely in small bites, we have to heal. And the healing part is the feeling part. And when you did it, when we did it in small bite sizes, she was able to actually feel that literal attenuation, the dropping of the body, the physiology. And it's almost like she became a little bit wiser. So the threat was really high. And when we were able to come up with a clear plan to help her walk through it, not just around her and what was going on outside, but also within her. So coming back to you, what you're saying, David, is that you know for us to heal, the brain has to really come back online. And for it to come back online, the threat has to be reduced. She couldn't she couldn't take, and by the way, you say no reaction and re, uh, no action and reaction, David. She couldn't have any action because she was paralyzed with fear and anger. All 
Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24 through 26. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I want, can I rant just for a second? Go ahead, David. You don't have a choice, by the way. <laughs> don't get angry. I'm good. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Okay, I just want to go back to, we're going to talk about domestic violence a lot over this next year because it is insane. I mean, you would not treat a grocery store clerk or a person on the street the way you treat your, your family. And for some reason that we do this all the time, we know better. I know my mother was very abusive. And so she go into these rages that would last for two or three days. And then she was incredibly remorseful afterwards. So she's a classic example that when you're angry or triggered, that your brain goes offline. Because you, when you're thinking clearly, she would never do to us what she would do when she was angry. So again, like you said, the blood flow goes to the midbrain, not the thinking brain. You're reacting. You've actually, is, I think it's temporary insanity is what happens when you're angry. And so why would you do this to your family? Why would you be critical of somebody? Why would you berate them? Why would you do all these things? Because you love them. That's not love, that's anger. Mm -hmm. So love is awareness and you're not aware when your brain is simply physiologically offline. So what I'd like to do today, Les, is really focus on this last half of our podcast here is that just to review the dynamic healing model, you have the input or your circumstances. And by the way, that statement is for the person right now who is angry. In other words, when anger is directed at you, that's a different topic. But let's say you're angry. You don't, necess you don't necessarily see yourself very clearly. You don't see the impact of your actions on people around you. And so this is for you. This is for the person who's angry. And so again, I'm the king of anger. I've had it my entire life. I was raised this way. It was normal for me. So if you're, the, if you're the victim of angry, again, we'll talk about that later also, but I'm talking about when I am angry, I now know my brain is offline. The problem is it doesn't feel that way. I just feel really connected and really angry. So with dynamic hill, you have the input, something triggered you. You have your nervous system that's either calm or hyperreactive. It doesn't matter. But the bottom line is when you are triggered, your brain says danger, you become anxious, then angry. So with that threat physiology, there are ways that I've learned from you and different people to put your brain back online. So I've learned that I just don't do anything anymore when I know I'm angry. Mm -hmm. It's an intellectual thought. So let's, that's what I'm, and this is the part I'm dead serious about, about trying to really understand, okay, my brain's offline. What do I do in the moment to bring my brain back online? Yeah, you know, that's, it's a, that, and that's the key thing, the reason why we're having this, 
this discussion here is, you know, when bad things happen like that, when we're just kind of, when feeling bad about maybe losing our cool, um, or we were disproportionate, whether, um, so we'll talk a couple of things, what we can do. David, I want, before we kind of get into some of the um, calming strategies, I, I was going to ask you a question if this has happened with you, with many of your patients. I'm pretty sure it has, but if you can share this, because with my patients, I have some of my other patients who are not expressing the anger and it shows up as physical symptoms. Right. I'll give you an example. Um, I have an, another, so, you know, again, it doesn't have to be domestic violence in that sense, but there was an extreme example. I couldn't figure out why she was not healing um, because there was a very threatening situation. Let's take something a little bit simpler that you are in a loveless marriage or relationship or your household, let's just kind of think about this. Your household is not safe. Somehow, what you cannot truly express your emotions. I have a lot of my patients, Dave, I wanna know um, if this is with you too. They're not able to express their emotions, but what they do recognize is more of the somatic sensations, which means bodily symptoms. And one of the things I found out very closely, David, a lot of my patients who have untreatable migraines, when I look into their life, they have unexpressed anger at very specific people. And so my question to you is this is, do you, have, you, have you noticed that with many of your patients, the ones who are not able to express the anger, it shows up as physical symptoms in their body, it magnifies a pre-existing or old injury, David? Well, absolutely, two, two examples of that. First of all, I had a spine questionnaire I used for years mm -hmm. and people would rate themselves on anxiety, irritability and depression. And some people come in in chronic pain mm -hmm. and every one of those would be zero. Then multiple physical symptoms and, but they were fine, quote, fine. So when I asked them, what about the anger? I'm sorry, what about the pain? They would explode on me. So I swear that if I had a person who was zero on anxiety, depression and anger, I could not get one of them to engage. They were so offline, they, I couldn't actually connect with them. In my personal experience, looking backwards, I had migraine headaches my whole life. They started when I was age five and they were terrible. And this, this is what's really perverse. It's even hard for me to say this. The yeah. only time, the only thing that was stop my mother's rages is when I had a severe migraine. All of, a sudden became, all of a sudden she became this loving mother, cold washcloth on my forehead, whatever. In my entire life, I had migraine headaches two, every two to three weeks my entire life. Wow. They're now gone. They've been gone for 15 years because of the things we've talked about. Right. So, but the connection between my circumstances and my migraines are in retrospect are really clear. But here I am a five-year-old kid, no control, totally trapped. I thought it was normal, by the way. But I have to say one thing that anger and frustration are so common in people's households. And I saw this in almost every patient in chronic pain. It's almost like it's become normalized that you go home and you fight or have conflict or whatever. It is crazy. I mean, home should be a place of safety, love, and nurturing. And I don't know what percent of the time that actually happens, but it's not that common, at least in the chronic pain world. Yeah, no, no absolutely. I think that that's, that's amazing. Thanks for sharing that, David. I think a lot of our audience can really relate to you um, in that sense that when, you know, again, we'll talk about this in the next um, podcast about how the past developmental trauma really does play a um, havoc on your nervous system and it produces medical problems 
and sensitivity of the nervous system and it really feels chronic pain in that sense. So absolutely. Now we were talking about, um, thanks David. So we were talking about different strategies, David. Should we go into that or? Um, yeah, yeah, we got about 10 minutes here to actually just go through the, I, I put down things like the breath work, the different ways of stimulating, stimulating mm -hmm. the vagus nerve. Again, I did not know about any of this till I met you and Dr. Porges and company. Yeah, I, I, these are simple strategies uh, that David just rattled off, you know, from breathwork coming music awareness. Let me, I like, I love acronyms. David, I'm sure in going through medical school, you learned a bunch of acronyms. Well, I'll tell you what, so acronyms have got me through um, academics. And so I've used that same strategy to teach my patients because in the heat of the moment, we really get lost, like your mind, your brain is offline. And so I like to practice these. So let me say this to everyone in the audience here. I would like you to just hear the acronym and think about a situation, a mild one, on a one to 10 scale, maybe one to four, nothing intense. I want you to think of, a, of something that upset you or just kind of rubbed you the wrong way, using David's word, something that was irritating maybe as opposed to anger or rage, right? So think of that, here's the acronym. It's gonna include some of the stuff that David just talked about the strategies, but I'd like to put in the acronym, CBT movements. That's the acronym, the acronym is CBT movements. What does C stand for? I want you to get super curious. C is curious. I want you to get super, super curious. Where in the body do you notice anger? So David, I'm gonna share with you mine first, and then we'll walk the audience through it. And then I'm gonna ask you to see if you see it and feel it in the same way. And people are gonna notice it differently. So let me share with you. I know David and the audience here, I know when I'm anxious and I know when I'm angry. Why? Because I've actually sensitized my body to pay attention to it. A lot of people in therapists and psychologists tend to ask people about you know, their thoughts about, um, the anger and, and other thoughts related to the anger and thought, just it's everything connected up in the head. When you're feeling anger or any strong emotions, I want you to get curious and find it in your body. That's the first thing you want you to do. Why? Because it becomes tangible. You can work with it or else it becomes this, this, this illusion of like, what is this that's showing up? <clears throat> so when you get curious, find it in your body. Here's where I notice my anger. Where my sternum is, right below it, where the rib cage starts to spread, where the breastbone starts to spread. David, if you take your hands or audience, if you run it down the middle of your chest, you'll get to your middle of your rib cage. And then you notice the rib cage starts to open up. There's like nothing there. Everything is also soft. And what happens in there, if you just kind of drop it there in the sternum, if I've got that right, David, um, right there. When I'm angry, that is very tense and sensitized. Now, keep your hands there in the middle of your uh, breastbone where the rib cage opens up, right? Sternum. When you actually move your finger up closer towards your chest, right, coming aligned with your heart or your lungs in that sense, so right above. When I notice anxiety, severe fear, or like panicky feeling, uh, pressure of, you know, I, I, I can't control something. My chest tightens up. I notice it right in the middle. Now, I want you, I want everyone to think of a sliding scale that how we work is sometimes when we feel fear or anxiety, it could be anger. And sometimes when we feel anger, it could be really fear. And as David said earlier on, there's sometimes very little 
uh, difference because it's the same chemistry, different kind of output, and even different sensations in the body. Step one, get curious. Notice when you get angry, where is it show up in your body? David, where do you notice anger in your body? Oh, it's my, my head and both shoulders. No question about it. The other thing that happens with me is say I don't feel anger, but also these skin rashes pop up on my wrist or yes. shoulder issues. So prior pain pathways kick right up. So um, two weeks ago, my left knee just exploded, swelled up and everything. I had no idea what triggered it, but I did know I was triggered. Yeah. And I did my breath work, the expressive writing, different things that we've talked about. And sure enough, in a couple of days it went away and then stayed away. Yeah. Or then this is another conversation. So we're talking about right in the moment when you're angry to notice you're angry. But I will say one step further, again, we'll talk about this later, is behavioral patterns. I'll go to bed late. I'll eat bad food. I just will do things that are self-destructive. So maybe I, don't, I notice maybe my behavioral patterns become sort of lousy. And those, remember, anger is destructive and including self-destructive. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, absolutely, David. And, and so, you know, we do the best we can with what we have and the knowledge. And this is why we're talking about it. So just as you sit there, so great. So you notice it in your shoulders and people notice it in the jaw. I treat a lot of jaw pain and headaches and migraines. So sometimes your anger could be expressed somewhere else in the body. And this is why I'm taking time to walk you through CBT movements. Step one, get curious. Notice it where in your body. You heard David, he feels it there in his shoulders, head. I notice it right in the middle of my sternum area. So where do you notice it? So take a moment, pause, maybe write it down and write down this acronym one more time. C-B-T, curious, B is breathe intentionally. Gentle breath in, pause, slow, sinking, melting, letting go breath. Let's do that one more time. Breathing in through your nose, just a gentle breath, a gentle pause. And as you breathe out through your softly pursed lips, feel that sinking, melting, letting go, releasing breath. One more time, just nice and easy, ease over effort. Gentle breath in, pause, sinking, melting, letting go, releasing breath. Just even doing that will bring the Wi-Fi on, as I say, your front part of your brain on. And whenever you get curious, you start to separate from your thoughts and emotions that are angry, for example. And when you start to actually get curious, you bring an attitude of, I'm getting in the middle of the tornado, which is the most peaceful part. You're going to start observing. So when you observe it tangibly in your body, notice it there. If you don't believe me, Again, recall a moment that you got a little bit frustrated this past week, and you'll notice it. And the next time you are in front of a human being that pisses you off or irritates you or doesn't give you what you want or you feel disrespected, come back home to your body. Step one, curious. Step two, don't think, do, breathe. This is a practice. Intensely, slow, gentle breath in through your nose, out through your pursed lips. Here's the T part. Key part is touch. I know this sounds weird. Curious, get curious, intentionally breathe. And T is touch and talk. Touch basically means is if you gentle, David, I want you to do this too, if you could. Take your hands, place it on your chest, and a gentle rub in your chest as if you're, you're soothing a child or your grandkids. You know, those beautiful children that you have, that you show. Imagine that we have this little girl born inside of us, that gentle rubbing of your chest even in the moment of intensity. Now, some of you will say like, uh, Les, um, so you want me to rub my chest when someone's pissing me off? Okay, so maybe that might not be the best place for you to do. How about this? 
if you just took your hands and rubbed your thigh slowly on the side, even making circles. Now, mind you, you're curious, you're intentionally slowing your breathing down, and now you have touch. So you're like, Les, I'm not going to rub my thighs in, in a line that I'm going to, it's going to look like it's kind of weird. All right, hang on there. I've done this before. Everyone take your fingers, your index finger and thumb. Now make circles, lefty loosey. So I know, lefty loosey, righty tidy, right? So take your fingers and move in a circle. Take your thumb and make small, gentle circles on your index fingers. You rub them together, going slowly in the left circle. The brain knows that most of the things that we open in this life is about going left. You open doors, you open bottles, everything is on the left. Isn't that interesting? There you go, see? Learning and practicing as we go. So I want you to do this. Your fingers are still moving slowly in a circle. Your thumb is making a circle on your index finger. You're getting curious. You're intentionally breathing. You're touching. That's the touch. And then after you do the touch like that, you can start to talk to yourself in a soothing manner. Think of a child who really just needs your comfort. Much like David was talking about how his mom became so kind and loving when he had a splitting headache or a migraine. So it is our responsibility to show up to what showed up. So when something shows up like intensity or anger, it is our responsibility to show up to comfort that's, that anger, that emotion, that thought, whatever it is. So curious, breath work, intentional breathing, touch and talk, soothing. What, what about movement? Sometimes when these things don't work, one of the four things you can do is get up and move. This is gonna sound weird, but my patients have testified on this one, is at first they said, that's the stupidest thing I've heard, or that's silly, I'm not gonna do it. But when you're losing your cool and you feel like you cannot seem to get ahead of your breath, you just, nothing is working. You tried expressive writing, that's not working. Do this, find every single chair or bed or seat in your room is mobilize yourself. Movement is mobilization. Mobilization tell, is one of the hacks of the nervous system. When you cannot fight and when you start to flee, your brain starts to calm down because you're protecting it. Much like breath work, much like curious, much like touching and talking is tends to work well. I want, want to add one last thing, David, before I hand it off back to you and do a quick summary. Did you notice I said, get curious? It means notice where in your body. Did you notice I said, breathe intentionally? Did, I, did you hear me say touch? And then I said, talk. This is called bottom-up processing before top-down processing. In simple English, you wanna work with the primitive parts of the brain first, put a wedge in between the things that are causing the chaos, get some separation. And so when you start to do the curiosity, the breath work, the touch, then the talk, that's when the front part of the brain comes on. The movement really solidifies all of this. Whenever you can seem to kind of calm down, movement, mobilization works. Find a chair, go sit down in that room, do some three breaths, get up, go to the next seat, sit down. And if you have to sit in every single seat in the room or bed, that's what you do. If you can, take a short walk and slow your breathing down, not to kind of suppress your emotions, but to notice things outside of you. So movement is mobilization. And there you have it, David. That's fantastic. I, I love it. That's I hadn't quite heard that before. That is really excellent. CBT and then movement, um, really excellent. 
I will say there's a step that I do <clears throat> that may not quite fit your paradigm, but I don't like being angry. It, I get angry about being angry. And so what I noticed that I do, I notice I'm triggered. This is relatively new over the last year. I just clench my jaw so I don't say anything. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I, I say, I just got really, I just, I just clench it. Oh. I, just, I just do not let my mouth open when I'm angry. And okay. then I can go into the tools that you're talking about. I don't know how that fits your paradigm exactly, but you know, go, go into the whole you know, situation, no action, inner reaction. So the first thing you have to do is not take action. Yeah. Then I can actually get into the stuff that you talked about. D does that resonate with you? Yeah, absolutely, David. It, it, it still hits well because you're getting curious. So when you clench your jaws or whatever it is, where we clench you know, your fist or whatever, you're tightening up. So think about this. You just said clenched your jaw. Can you imagine what happens to your back muscles? Can you notice what happens to your quadriceps while your knees hurt, your calves? When we are in threat physiology, we clench. So it beautifully, as you said. So yes, it still fits the paradigm. And here's the point. It fits the paradigm because we want you to get curious. Curiosity is the bridge between danger in me and safety in me. Think of two, two islands. And what is the bridge? When you get curious, you, you start to transform. This is called neuroplasticity, changing the brain and the circuitry. So David, the next time you notice that, or the audience, when you notice you're clinching, in that moment, you have, you're putting a wedge. So mindfulness is like putting a wedge between your triggers and your reactions. So this fits very nicely, but you have to get curious. The only, the only other observation I have on this paradigm, because I think it's, um, is curiosity and breathing and touch. I agree with all of those. Yeah. Um, to me, I just have to just not do anything. Um, but yeah. then when the other thing when you talk about movement is that I'll just get out of the room. So I might move first, not to calm down, just to get myself out of the room so I can do the CBT. Absolutely, that's fine. And so, so yeah, but anyway, the bottom line is, um, our topic today was no action and reaction. And please understand that when you are angry or activated or triggered, whatever you want to call it, you're not going to help your life. You're not going to help your life. You certainly are not going to help people around you, whether it's colleagues or people that are your employees or your family or your kids. When you're angry, anger is a survival reaction, it's very powerful, and it is destructive because you're trying to preserve yourself and you're going to destroy everything else around you in order to preserve yourself. It is not psychological. It's a very activated total body response to a threat. It's a gift. It's necessary for survival, but it doesn't really help human, human relationships. So let's, let's, I'm going to actually really going to work on giving you the last word today, <laughs> but I think it's worth reading that quote one more time because it's yeah. anger. So somehow people think that they should conquer anger and that's not true. Anger is necessary for survival. Right. And so I think what Aristotle's quote is really excellent. And uh, so just to review today, we talked about, you know, anxiety and anger being really the same thing, just different gradations. We talked about the genealogy of anger, of circumstance, flame, victim, angry. We talked about violence, where it can be emotional, physical, sexual, verbal abuse is horrible. Why do we do it? Because our brains are offline. And so anxiety and vulnerability is the essence of relationships. Anger is the opposite. So awareness is a key of relationships and that's really key. And so Les gave us some basically strategy in a structure of CBT and movement 
to actually solve the problem with curiosity, breathing, um, <laughs> touch. Yeah, exactly, David. Nice and, um, But let's what let's, let's finish off with this quote because I think it's really appropriate that we're not trying to get rid of anger. It's going to be there every day of your life. That's the way life is. But I thought how to become aware of it and process it's really critical. Yeah, absolutely. And this is as we read the quote here and and sign off. Want everyone to remember this. Sometimes. You may feel like, nope, I'm not angry. I'm not like that. I'm not in an unhealthy relationship. You may not realize that sometimes your body listens to the whispers of your mind. And when it does, you may notice the tension in your body. You might want to listen and ask yourself, what is that really about? What is that emotion that's showing up? So keep that in mind. Sometimes we don't quite express what needs to get expressed. And so it shows up and anger may show up as physical symptoms that your doctors can seem to solve. So give uh, the CBT movement a try, try expressive writing and many other tools that David has suggested. So you don't forget clenching your jaw. <laughs> <laughs> um, we want that to be curious. <laughs> okay. right, let's, let's read. Well, the... I mean, clenching curious are both C words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to talk to you offline. <laughs> All right, folks, let's read the quote here. Anybody can become angry. That's easy. But to be angry with the right person to the right degree, at the right time, for the right purpose, in the right way. That is not within everybody's power, and it's not easy. Aristotle. Well, Les, thank you. I learned a few things this morning, and I, I, I apologize that you probably didn't learn as much as I did today, but I, I appreciate know. it. <laughs> I learned to clench your jaws, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, try the clench technique. All right, we'll see you later. Take care, folks. See you soon. David and Les would love to hear from you about today's podcast and any ideas for future topics. You can email them at david-les at dynamichealingpodcast.com. That's david-les at dynamichealingpodcast.com. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.